It's one o'clock, I'm Todd Harding. The headlines, the number of Hong Kong's multi-millionaires leaps to a new high despite the pandemic. The EU fails to agree on the AstraZeneca coronavirus vaccine while Hong Kong experts debate whether the SAR should still buy AstraZeneca jabs. And Britain says it will provide targeted help for the hundreds of thousands of Hong Kong people expected to move to the UK with BNO passports. Hong Kong's total number of self-reported multimillionaires reached 515,000 in 2020. That's up nearly a quarter from the year before, despite the economic impact of the pandemic. Citibank, which conducted the survey, defines a multimillionaire as someone with net assets of 10 million Hong Kong dollars and liquid assets of at least a million. The bank says the number of multimillionaires, which equates to around 1 in 12 of the city's adult population, is a record high. Josephine Lee, Citibank Hong Kong's head of retail banking, explained why there were more multimillionaires despite the pandemic. Although COVID is here, most government release liquidity and action to help the economy and the financial market. As such, the multimillionaire, they actually gain some profits from the equity the uh, ethics market or the fixed income market. And uh, we can see a well-diversified portfolio is better to weather through the ups and downs. European Union countries have failed to agree a joint approach as to who should receive the AstraZeneca coronavirus vaccine, despite calls for a common policy to tackle public doubts. They met after the EU's drugs regulator issued new guidelines on side effects. The BBC's Jean McKenzie reports from Brussels. EU health ministers gathered on video conference for an urgent meeting to discuss the regulator's findings. The European Medicines Agency concluded that although blood clots were a potential side effect of the AstraZeneca vaccine, they were very, very rare and the vaccine should be given to all age groups. But it's up to individual countries how they use their vaccines. The EU's health commissioner had called for countries to coordinate their approach to boost the public's confidence in this vaccine. But unable to agree on a strategy, a patchwork of rules remains. Locally, medical experts are divided on whether the government should buy any AstraZeneca COVID-19 vaccine following the latest findings linking the jab to rare blood clots. Francis Sitt reports. William Cho from the Society of Hospital Pharmacists has suggested that the government should only purchase at most half of its original order for the AstraZeneca vaccine. He said officials might be contractually required to buy a certain amount, but Hong Kong people might now be reluctant to get this jab, and it would be wasteful to go ahead with the original order. However, Mr Cho also said it would be risky for Hong Kong to only rely on the Sinovac and BioNTech vaccines. And he urged the government to consider alternatives like the Johnson & Johnson jab to diversify risks and increase public confidence in vaccines. But Professor Ho from the Chinese University said Hong Kong should scrap the order altogether and just buy other jabs or wait for second-generation vaccines. The government advisor added that authorities shouldn't buy this vaccine and use it for the elderly, saying that some elderly people overseas had also experienced blood clots with the AstraZeneca jab, although it was mainly younger people affected. The government has 7.5 million AstraZeneca jabs on order. The group recruiting staff from the hard-hit tourism sector to get temporary jobs at government vaccination centres says the response has been very positive so far. The government-funded $150 million initiative will create up to 2,000 temporary customer service or administrative jobs from May to September. 
Online applications opened yesterday. Here's Ronald Wu, the Secretary of Tourism Industry CVC Administrative Services. On the first day alone, I think we, we have already received over 4,000 applications, of which uh, 3,500 of them are um, applying for the position of registration officers and we have about 200 people applying for the job for a supervisor and 300 applying for the job of assistant supervisor. So, yeah, um, um, the, we, we are receiving a lot of applications. The British government says it will provide targeted help to the hundreds of thousands of Hong Kong citizens expected to move to the UK using a special visa. This would include support with housing, schools and jobs. The British Cabinet Minister, Robert Jenrick, said it was important to make sure they were properly supported. We think that most of those who choose to come to the UK will in fact be people who will contribute a great deal to the United Kingdom, will uh, be professionals or will set up businesses or will want to, to make a real success of their time here. But if they struggle, then we're here to support them and that means local councils being there to provide them with housing, uh, with the benefit system standing behind them and with all the support that the state can offer to make sure that no one gets into difficult times. The chairman of the Democratic Party, Lo Kin Hay, says it's unreasonable for the government to consider outlawing calls for blank ballots because invalid votes don't affect the result in local elections. The government has said it won't stop people casting blank votes but may consider outlawing organised calls to do so. Mr Lowe told RTHK that government discussion of the issue will just encourage more people to cast blank votes. I believe that Hong Kong people will not back down on what they believe and if they really truly believe that the election, the, the candidates were all not what they wanted, they would just don't go to vote and they just may pass a blank vote. Uh, what they talk about is not going to help anybody and it's not going to help the situation at all. And I believe that if they talk, keep on talking about that, more people will go and cast a blank vote by themselves. They are advocating it, actually. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, says she won't reverse plans to build funeral facilities in the North District, although they'll be at the heart of the city's Greater Bay Area development. At a question-and-answer session, DAB lawmaker Gary Chan commented on the plan to build a crematorium with 200,000 niches in Warhop Sec. He also criticised the government for putting what he called obnoxious facilities, like an organic waste treatment plant, an incinerator and landfills near the border area with Sanjun. However, Mrs Lam says officials will consider how to avoid any negative visual impact, but added that the project has been planned for some years. She spoke to an interpreter. The north of the new territories used to be a, a remote location, hence the position of these undesirable or obnoxious facilities. The facilities you cited have been in the planning for over 10 years. Uh, 10 years ago, we did not imagine such an overhaul that uh, there would be Greater Bay Area development. And this is really a matter of legacy, uh, same as the issue with landfills. The government will next week table a series of bills covering Beijing's electoral overhaul after the national legislature changed the annexes of the basic law. The chief executive, Carrie Lam, told lawmakers that the local legislation amendments involve polls for the CE, Legislative Council and District Councils. She stressed that the government would target behaviour that might equate to election manipulation or sabotage of the polls. She said officials would push ahead with preparing three elections within the next year after the bills are passed. 
The Philippines has told Beijing to remove all Chinese ships from a disputed sea area that's become the focus of rising tensions. More than 200 large Chinese vessels gathered at Whitsun Reef in the South China Sea. Beijing says they were fishing boats sheltering from bad weather, but the Philippine government sees it as an encroachment in its territorial waters. The BBC's Howard Johnson has more details on the reaction of the Foreign Secretary in Manila. Teodoro Luxin Jr. tweeted, Tell them to move out, all of them adding, nobody fishes by lashing ships together. Last time that was done was the Persian invasion of Greece. His comments follow a Chinese foreign ministry spokesperson's claim that Beijing had no plan of establishing a permanent presence at Whitsun Reef, adding that the Philippines should immediately stop its wanton hype-up of the issue. The war of words and tweets is now well into its third week. One of Myanmar's biggest celebrities has been arrested by the military authorities after condemning the overthrow of the elected government in February. Pang Pakon, a 24-year-old actor and model, was detained in a dawn raid. He had used his Instagram account to demand a return to democracy. The BBC's Laura Bicker reports. The military has issued arrest warrants for around 100 filmmakers, actors, celebrities and journalists for speaking out against the coup. Earlier this week, security forces arrested the country's best-known comedian, Zarganar. Now the popular model and actor, Pang Takon, who has millions of fans in both Myanmar and Thailand, has also been detained, according to a social media post by his sister. He had appealed to world leaders to help his country in an Instagram post. Nearly 600 civilians have now been killed by security forces since February's coup, and more than 2,800 people have been detained by the military. Myanmar's ambassador to the UK says his embassy in London has been taken over by the Burmese military and he's been locked out. Chadzwa Min, who opposed the military takeover in his country, described it as a kind of coup in the middle of London. The chief prosecution investigator at the trial of a former US policeman over the death of George Floyd has dramatically reversed part of his evidence. James Rayerson initially accepted under cross-examination that Mr Floyd could be heard on footage from the scene saying, I ate too many drugs. But Mr Rayerson was then asked to view the footage again. The BBC's Gary O'Donoghue explains. Mr Rayerson was asked by state lawyers to watch a longer excerpt containing the same passage. He then agreed with prosecutors that Mr Floyd had said something like, I ain't do no drugs. It's a central part of the defence case that fentanyl and methamphetamine found in Mr Floyd's body contributed to his death and that the main cause was not the more than nine minutes Derek Chauvin spent kneeling on him. To finance news, a short time ago the Hang Seng Index was at 28,906. That's 228 points up on the previous close. Turnover stands at $203 billion. To currencies, the US dollar is trading at 109.74 yen, the euro is standing at 1 US dollar and 18 cents, and the pound is worth 10 Hong Kong dollars and 70 cents. Sport now, we start with football's European Champions League, where Chelsea have taken command of their quarterfinal tie against Porto. Chilwell bursting into the penalty area, he goes round the goalkeeper, and Ben Chilwell has put Chelsea in charge. Ben Chilwell and Mason Mount recorded their first Champions League goals in Chelsea's 2-0 win in the first leg of their quarter-final tie away to Porto. Mount became the youngest Chelsea player ever to score in the knockout stage of the competition. Yeah, it is about time um, it come. 
Well, I've been waiting, I've been waiting patiently, but it's a, it a good time for it to come. Um, good pass by Georgie, and then I just had a bit of space, so I just hit it for, after my first touch, and yeah, it went in, so obviously I was very happy with that. Coming into the game, we know how hard to play against them it is. We don't have many chances, but um, we kept going. Uh, we got obviously got the goal first half, and then late on in the second, and that um, obviously secured a good win, but that's only half the tie. we still got the second leg to go. Bayern Munich's 19-match unbeaten run in the Champions League is over. The holders lost the home leg of their quarter-final tie against Paris Saint-Germain, going down 3-2 to the French champions. Kylian Mbappe scored twice for PSG. Details from the BBC's John Bennett. PSG were ruthless first half. Two shots on target, two goals. Mbappe shot on three minutes, going straight through Manuel Neuer, then Marquinhos beating the offside trap and beating Neuer after a lovely ball over the top from Neymar. Bayern had chance after chance before and after that second goal and deserved to make it 2-1 before half-time. Chepa Moteng with the header from a Pavard cross. Second half, Bayern boss Hansi Flick threw everything forward to get the equaliser and it came on the hour mark. Another header, this time Thomas Muller from a Kimmich free kick. But as they pushed for another goal, there were huge spaces at the back and Mbappe took advantage, scoring his second on the break to make it 3-2, a lovely low finish to beat Manuel Neuer from the edge of the box. Bayern kept pushing for an equaliser, but Muller and Alaba missed great chances. It's all to play for in the second leg in Paris. To golf and the build-up to the Masters, which tees off today. Defending champion Dustin Johnson says he understands how difficult it'll be to win the year's first major at Augusta. The American earned his first green jacket in November, but no one else has won back-to-back Masters titles since Tiger Woods did it 20 years ago. It's a tough tournament to win. You're going to have to put four good rounds together. you got to do everything well, and with it firm and fast. You know, it's just a really hard golf course because obviously any hole at any time can you know, can jump out and get you. It's just very tough to win. I mean, to win once and especially multiple times. Staying with golf and uh, kind of with Tiger Woods, police in California say Tiger Woods was driving at nearly double the speed limit before the crash that left him seriously injured. The Los Angeles County Sheriff said Woods's car had been travelling at more than the equivalent of 130 kilometres an hour when it veered off the road in February. The primary causal factor for this traffic collision was driving at a speed unsafe for the road conditions and the inability to negotiate the curve of the roadway. Estimated speeds at the first area of impact were 84 to 87 miles per hour. And the final estimated speed when the vehicle struck the tree was 75 miles per hour. There were no citations issued and there are no signs of impairment. And to end the news, the top stories once again. The number of Hong Kong's multi-millionaires leaps to a new high, despite the pandemic. The EU fails to agree on the AstraZeneca coronavirus vaccine, while Hong Kong experts debate whether the SAR should still buy the jabs. And Britain says it will provide targeted help for the hundreds of thousands of Hong Kong people expected to move to the UK with BNO passports. The news from RTHK. For a safe and healthy living environment, owners should not alter the drainage systems of buildings on their own. They must ensure proper maintenance of drainage pipes and should appoint qualified professionals or contractors for regular inspection and arrange early repair if seepage or defects are found. They may apply for loans or subsidies from the Buildings Department and the Urban Renewal Authority. Visit bd.gov.hk for details. The population census will be held from June to August this year. 
territory-wide and district-level statistics can be used for developing community facilities as well as health services. They can also provide insight into other society needs. Support the Population Census. Visit census2021.gov.hk for details. 2021 Census. Provide data for Hong Kong's future. Show me what to do to make it 